Hello and welcome back to Is It The Elise Yeezy Show Anymore? I don't even know. I am your host, Elise Yeezy. It's been a minute since I've been in here. And today I'm joined by Carl Pilkington. The real Carl Pilkington. Yeah, look, your, your head is so round. I can't <laughs> go over it. No, it's like it's literally like a perfect sphere. You know, like they say, you can't find any perfect circles in nature. Just found one. <laughs> No, I want to explain what we're doing because I'm trying to do something a little bit different, right? Because I'm kind of bored of everyone and everything. I'm not entirely over the idea of having a podcast to interview guests because I think there's still areas of which to milk some content out. But I'm kind of I'm kind of over podcasts with in, like I just realised the other day when I was listening to Jack May's Happy Hour, as I tell you a lot. I completely skip over all the episodes where they have guests on. Not interested. The last time I saw a guest episode, they had Johnny Knoxville on. And I just thought, oh, that's really interesting. Johnny Knoxville. And I'd just seen the recent Jackass. So I was like, okay, I'll give that a listen, whatever. That's um, obviously why he did it then. Because obviously he was promoting Jackass 4.5. Yeah, he was, so. doing, he was doing the rounds. Um, and I just thought, oh, that'll be interesting. See what Johnny Knoxville was like in an in interview format. But that was it. I'm just kind of like... Do you know what I mean? The idea of having to like get someone down and be like, hi, so here's a thing. Here's some questions. Unless it's something really interesting. I'm just kind of like over that idea as a podcast format for myself subjectively. What I am into at the moment is education. And I want to help educate our audience. My, my, no, not my audience. Soon <laughs> you, to be my audience. You do not get a slice oh. in my cake that I have spent years baking. Darn. I want to try and educate my audience on things to try something different. So this segment within the Elite Easy universe is what? I've got... His- Why do you need to look at notes? We've I've been talking about this all day. Are you joking? History episode one. We can't think of a snappier says. name than that. Uh, did we not brainstorm a name beforehand? HWA. History with Elise. You know, like horrible history. Do you remember that TV show? Yes. We could do that. But for adults, there is already, already that. A Dan Carlin... I haven't even actually introduced you properly. I've just said, this is Carl Pilkington. This is my friend Callum, and he is one of my best mates, I suppose. In fact, he's been on my channel several times before. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, people ask for you back when they remember you. That's weird. I got a comment once Why being like, like when's you, where's your boneheaded friend? And yeah. today he is wearing a lovely, oh, how would you describe this for audio listeners, a Nicocado Avocado t-shirt. You can. This is images you can hear. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, uh, uh. Shh. Your fault. It's your fault. It's Little slaps. Yeah. That's brilliant. I actually put on one of his videos the other day, one because I've not seen any of his videos in like ages, months, months, months. So I just want to see what he was up to. And he was um, driving a mobility scooter around, yelling at the ground, being like, the ground is discriminatory. <laughs> and it's like, imagine you're just going to Tesco's to do your shopping and you see this guy from the internet running, like driving around screaming at the floor. I'd live to love, uh, sorry, I'd love to live where that takes place. Like you just go and get food and you just see him like, screaming. Uh, where does he live? Like LA or something? How would I know? I, I ain't <sighs> But anyway, so this is my lovely shirt. We are going to do history. I can already guarantee that it's not going to be educational. We'll try to make it educational, but I 
We've got lots of facts here, but I think we'll just get derailed massively. <laughs> got lots of facts, by which what I did is I just went to the paragon of all educational facts, the History Channel, you know, the host of Ancient Aliens. I just went onto there and clicked on Genghis Khan articles and just basically copied and pasted stuff. So if you don't want to do the Googling yourself, just watch this and we'll tell you the things that we have Googled and we will discuss it. Where did this idea come from? That came from me, obviously. Yeah. I think you said, do you want to start a history show? And I said, yes, but I don't think either of us know that much about history. Uh, he is being really modest. Callum actually does know a lot about history. Like you are, you're <laughs> mental about World War II. <laughs> that makes me sound really bad. I know. Sometimes, sometimes I worry that you're getting indoctrinated or like radicalized, radicalized by World War II documentaries. World War II outfits and things. Really? That would have been worse if I'd come in like a full army outfit. Oh, you're Mark Corrigan from Peep Show. You know that episode where um, he dresses up as the, but he's hanging out with that naughty man, isn't he? That's worse. The naughty man. Well, yeah. you're not him, but you're Mark. Okay. <laughs> I, I can believe that. Yeah. Well, no, didn't you call me Jez once? I've never called you Jez. You're absolutely not Jez. If anyone's Jez, it's me. And you can no, mark. No, you're super hands. I think you take that as a compliment. Thank you. I yes. do like super hands. Callum actually knows a lot about history and I just want to learn about stuff. So without further ado, let's get into it. Episode one of this history podcast in which we are going to look at Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. Absolute mad lad. Yes. But first, how's your day been? What? Why are we talking about my, my day was rubbish? What are you talking about? It's well out there. The tube was awful. I was at the train station and I could I had my headphones on and I could hear all this yelling and screaming. So I took them off to be like, oh, what's going on? And then some blokes were like running and I was like, oh, great. Someone's got a machete or like a bomb's gone off somewhere. Because I just always assume, you London know, or something no, sure. it was just a bunch of chavs yelling at like this train to wait for them. And it went off in the distance. And I was like, ha. If I was American, I'd have clapped at that train driver. Yeah. Serves them right. That's how my day's gone. How's yours? I also saw something. I saw the best thing ever on the train. I was sat on the train and uh, there was a guy waiting at the station. The train pulled up. Uh, he was on his phone uh, and the doors opened. He's still on his phone. Doors closed. Still on his phone. He looked up. He went to press the button to open the doors and the train went off. I was like, pay more attention. <laughs> yes. I saw one of those actually up near um, Liverpool Street. Not one of those. Just like a bloke on the phone, right? Yeah. But... Do you, know, oh, do you know what? People make me so mad in public. Yeah, they make me really ball my fists in rage sometimes. This geezer, what was he even doing? He was just he was just glued to his phone and he was walking really slowly and that always gets me irate. Like, able-bodied people who can walk faster than two miles an hour but refusing to walk faster than two yeah. miles an hour does me nothing, right? especially in London. You can expect it outside of London, right? But in London, everyone's busy. They've got places to go. I yeah. have places to go. And I'm just like stuck behind this bloke. And his his face is glued to his phone. He's not looking up at all. And he's walking across the road. But he's sort of like sticking onto the road as a car's coming. And, I, and like he didn't look up once. And obviously the car didn't run him over. But I was just thinking, oh, to have the confidence of like literally just a random bloke. Like who's just going around his business so sure that nothing is gonna, you know? Yeah, well, he's... Obviously, never had his phone stolen in London. So I've had that like too. three no, phones he, stolen. Yeah, he was literally like, holding it in one hand, kind of just yeah. the ways that I've had my phone stolen once before as well. And you, no doubt. Yeah, so this guy, times. he's never had his phone stolen and yeah. he's never been hit by a car. Yeah. Just out of order. Quite lucky, really. Just annoying. False sense of confidence. That's how my day went. That's how your day went. Can we get on to talking okay. about absolute mad lad, Genghis Khan? Yes. So what do we know about Genghis Khan? What don't we know? Literally, Firstly, got... he had a butter's haircut. 
Uh, well, actually, that's that's something we'll come on to. I'm setting uh, the tone of this podcast really early on. This yes. is the level of education you're going to get. It's you had a butter's haircut, mate. It's going to be less educational than horrible history, or whatever it's called. I is think... that the one with Her- Horrid Henry in? <laughs> no, Horrid Henry is a separate identity. It's a little boy who's always angry. That okay. stuff. It's like a it's like a pound shop Dennis the Menace. Okay. Yeah. And Dennis the Menace is already pretty cheap and like. Bean O'Connor's sixty p, mate. Yes. What rip off of what? Dennis the Menace ain't rip off of nothing. How dare you? No, I guess you're right. Uh, so what I was going to say, actually, in my notes is Genghis Khan never, ever allowed anyone to paint his portrait, sculpt his image, or engrave his likeness onto a coin. You'd never catch him on Instagram. I don't know why I put that. That's stupid. The first images of him appeared after his death. A 14th century Persian chronicler called Rashid al-Din claimed Genghis Khan had red hair and green eyes, which apparently wasn't unusual for Mongols at that time. You know, it's funny, I've got that exact same paragraph, copy and paste it into my I think we copied and pasted it from the same place. Sure, so no one really knows what he looked like. Yeah, well, he obviously didn't want anyone to know what he looked like after his death, or he had some sort of thing about his image, which doesn't make sense why in Mongol he's now on the currency. Because he obviously didn't want anyone to know what he looked like, to slap him on a, a note. Do you reckon he was butters? Maybe. That's why. No, because all the, all the popular images portrayed of Genghis Khan nowadays, he has that really horrible hipster-esque haircut. Uh, You've seen it. We've, I have, but it's, it's like pictures of it. It's, no. it's got white hair yeah, and he's got the moustache. Yeah. No, no, he has that little, like that oh, tiny yes, fringe. Oh, yes, sorry, he's got the spike. He's yes. got a bad trim. Yeah. I think that's why he was so angry going around doing loads of murders. No, we have to take it right back all the way to the beginning. Yes. The well, man who would become the great Khan of the Mon- Mongols was born along the banks of the Onan River, sometime around 1162, originally named Temujin, which means of iron or blacksmith. I haven't got that note. I don't know where you got that from. Because I'm a genius, mate. I just yes. know how to Google stuff. So yes, he's actually born Temujin. He didn't get the name Genghis Khan until much later. Khan meaning uh, ruler, I believe, of of the people of the Mongols. Yeah, Temujin, he was born to uh, his father, Yasuge. His father seemed, his father could be a whole another episode, but I don't know how much information there is about him, but he had some, uh, yeah, he had some crazy things happen. Born as Temujin, Genghis Khan was named after a leader who was defeated by his father, Yasuge, and he was defeated around the time that Temujin was born. Uh, He was said to have come into the world holding a blood clot. Yes, I read that too. Yes. And I don't, but I don't understand the significance of that. A blood clot, because, you know, I don't know if you've seen many birthing videos, but labour is a pretty um, horrific thing for a woman to go, like, every woman should just stop going through labour right now. There's a lot of blood involved. There's a lot of guts and gore involved in pushing a baby out of your vagina. So what's the special significance of him just having some blood clots in his hand? I don't get that. Well, supposedly it was a sign that he was born to be a great leader. Obviously, this would be from some sort of mythology way before he was born. He was also apparently of divine origin, his first ancestor having been a grey wolf, born with destiny from on high. Sounds a lot like the North Korean propaganda of Kim Il-sung, the first one. I've mentioned that as well. Well, we'll get to it. We will get to it. So going back to Yusuge quickly, just have a single line here. His mother had been kidnapped by his father and forced into marriage, which is pretty horrific. It doesn't sound like a great guy. Yeah, It was well, kind of the standard at the time, I think. 
in right. certain parts of like there's certain things that we can't really with like 21st century heart like hindsight look back on it's like ancient greece right women weren't allowed to they were married off by the age of 14 they weren't allowed to leave uh their husband's home yes like, what am i going to do about that i can't make a time machine and go back and be like have you heard of feminism no well i think kidnapping is probably has always been something that's pretty frowned upon anyway sure but i think some things are a bit more like what are you going to do i doubt there was policemen you know were there judges and jurors back in 11 you would have had some kind of order i would have thought yes some but Not i policemen. don't i don't feel like it's going to be on the highest <laughs> just like some like east end geezers the peelers <laughs> the peelers what's that what are you from it's peaky the blinders the bobbies, the bobbies and the peelers the bobbies because sir robert peel started the metropolitan police and that's why they called Bobbies, because obviously Robert, Bobby, and Peelers, because Peel. How do you know that? Because why do you know that? Because there's a pub that? that I used to live near called Sir Robert Peel, and one time I Googled it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want from I me? I mean, you do know about history. Yeah, because it's just quite inane. <laughs> yeah, so there's a pub uh, that I went past earlier called The Conqueror. I'm going to Google that. <laughs> Which there's... Conqueror? There's so many. This is a Conqueror right now, Genghis Khan. Maybe it was Genghis Khan. So at the age of nine, his father, Yasuge, arranged a marriage for Genghis Khan, Temujin, and delivered him to the family of his future wife, Borte, uh, of the tribe Konjirat. So Temujin was to live there, serving as the head of the household for the Daisetsun until the marriable age of 12. The ripe old age of 12. Again, this, I'm saying it was different just a times. kind of... It was, it, exactly, it was just a different standard at the time. Yeah. Certain things, you could get more away with kidnapping women. Like women historically haven't been seen as first class citizens. You no, could probably up true. till recently, the past couple hundred years, get away with kidnapping a woman. The thing probably. with the young marriable age as well is people probably didn't live too long in those times. Definitely not the 1200s. Uh, well, this was 1162. So it's kind of like you have to get your life in as quickly as possible. Maybe, maybe there's a bit more of that. There's a common misconception that everyone just died at the age of 30, though. Very common misconception. I well, know. He died at 65. But spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Genghis Khan died. It's like YouTube videos where they put the end or a funny bit at the beginning and then spoil the rest of it. Yeah. The average life expectancy is just a lot lower for the olden times because the infant mortality rate was higher. And obviously, you would have a lot more diseases that weren't treatable back then. But the infant mortality rate was really high, hence why some people would knock out seven kids and maybe two would make it to childhood. Yeah. Facts. That's why Victorian families always had like 10 kids and then they'd send off like three of them to a workhouse to make gruel. Well, it's funny you said seven because uh, Temujin's mother had seven children as well. From an early age, Genghis Khan was forced to contend with the brutality of life on the Mongolian steppe. Rival Tartars, don't know who that is, assuming... It's a neighbouring clan. Hopefully. That's what I've got here. Poisoned his father when he was nine years old. So Genghis Khan had to grow up hunting and foraging to survive. As an, as an adolescent, he might have even killed his half-brother over a dispute over food. So at a very early age, having to deal with the harshness of living in 11th century Mongolia. Was it called Mongolia back then? Oh, was that's it? a good point. I didn't actually make a note of that. That would have been... Because so, I've got a note here that says later on he founded Mongolia. So what was, what it, was called? it called before? Well, we, we can't, I didn't go see we that can't, on, we can't Google that. We'll just never know. I didn't see that on any of the, the research sites that I, I went on. Well, it's life quite a big thing to miss out, I think. 
Maybe Who it's just cares? unnamed, unnamed land, number one. Geography, don't matter. Life was harsh back then, but to have to kill one of your siblings at an early age, foreshadowing. Yeah, well, so he had seven brothers, but he murdered his half-brother. So I wonder if maybe there was a bit more tension there because he's a half-brother. But we won't know because it was like almost a thousand years ago. <laughs> Can't ask. Good one. Yes. Uh, but I wanted to re- uh, mention something about that. This was the age of nine. His father was poisoned. But also at the age of nine, his father had arranged the marriage for him. So I wonder if his father had known that he was going to Get have poisoned. an attempt on his life. Well, maybe he was doing something risky. Although, because this is so long ago, a lot of the years and uh, dates are just off mm. because they don't even know what year he died. He may have died in his 70s or he may have died in his 60s. What, the 1970s? Mm. Knocking around yeah, David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, all that happened, pretty grim. So Genghis Khan had four sons. I don't know why I've mentioned this. Why after we've done that he was married at the age of uh, 12? Well, we can't skip ahead that much then. Like, like that's that's later on. We can't just skip entirely ahead to he was twelve year old and then he had four sons. Unless he had sons like when he was I don't know fifteen or so, which might have been may have done. Maybe that's why I put that in here. It doesn't say anyway. But we've started, so I'll finish. He had four <laughs> sons and an unknown number of daughters. Not even a quantifiable amount of daughters. I read that. I read that too. Which says to me either because women just weren't as regarded back then maybe it just didn't matter they couldn't be bothered to keep count you know it was like christmas time in ancient mongolia and they're sitting around and they don't even celebrate probably wouldn't celebrate christmas they're equivalent of christmas they're not even counting heads home alone home alone they don't count the heads right and then kevin gets left at home same situation no, they do count, don't they? But they skip over. Well, they incorrectly they, they count, counted because they, miscount counted, the, one. they yeah. counted the neighbor's kid. They couldn't even be bothered to check. Yeah. That's how little they regarded Kevin. It would also be... Yeah, so the sons would be able to be successors and the daughters wouldn't. The daughters would be daughters. So he had four sons, uh, Jochi, Chegatai, Ogude, and Toloi. He assigned his son Ogede as his successor because Ogede was the only one that didn't have problem with the other uh, problems with the other sons. So they all had problems, and Ogede was just chill. It was just fine. Good so for him. Genghis Khan, at this point called uh, Temujin, is typically seen as a bloodthirsty conqueror. Although in Mongolia he's a beloved figure, where he's seen as the father of the nation, which I thought was quite similar to Kim Il Sung and how he founded North Korea. Although it's up to debate whether Kim Il-sung is actually beloved by the people of North Korea or if they're just forced into it. They have to really... Uh, it's difficult because obviously I've never spoken to anyone from North Korea, but from defectors, I don't know, it's hard to say because they are a, they are aware of... Maybe not the propaganda, but they're aware that they have to act a certain way because otherwise they'll be get put in... Um, Camps. Yeah. Wasn't Kim Il-sung the one who got 18 holes in one in the first game of golf? I think that was Kim Jong-il. So the son. Okay, yeah. The son. And then I think Kim Jong-il also created the hamburger. Thank you. But it's not called called hamburger over there. It's called double bread with minced meat. I mean, it's a more accurate description. (laughs) A hamburger doesn't even have ham in. In it. Beef burger. Yeah. And I think he was born on a... Well, let's do an episode about him. Because I find well, that, that very is on the fascinating. List. Yeah, that is on the list. And we could also cover 
Kim, uh, the other one, Kim Jong-il, because he was really into movies. He made a lot of movies. We'll get onto that. So watch this space. Let's should just be another not cover episode. The, um, the current one. No, we'll do that after he pops his clogs. <laughs> what, in like 50 years' time? We're going to play the long game on that one, not don't you worry. if he keeps eating cheese. Um, so, before becoming a Khan, Temujin eliminated and un- united many of the nomadic tribes of Northeast Asia and Central Asia under a social identity of the Mongols. Mm. So he kind of consolidated all the tribes and the power into his own army and land. The conquests that he did which we will go into more detail in just a sec, but the conquest he did destroyed entire cities and countries. Mm. So can you imagine just a whole country being decimate, decimated? Yeah, it'd be like by that. this army. Be like that, that bit in Mulan where they're all singing and they're all happy and then that village is just destroyed. Because that's Attila the Hun, isn't it? Who's, oh. I think, quite a similar... Maybe even more bloodthirsty in some ways. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, have, we'll do an episode. Because Genghis Khan well. is possibly... The most prolific killer in history, isn't he? Possibly. Yeah, so they reckon he killed up to 40 million people. Mm. Let's get to that bit because he killed 40 million people, which was roughly 11% of the world population Yeah. Uh, at the time. So obviously it would never happen now. But if you scaled that up, that would be the entire population of France, Italy, the US, Russia and Germany in today's population. Absolute mad lad. Yes. Wait, England wasn't on that list, was it? Sorry, UK as well, yes. The UK's so ah, six places. I thought we'd avoided Italy, it then. Germany, Russia, France, US, UK. I think it's pretty horrific. He killed a lot of people. And not well, not just him, obviously his army. But mm. his army would run over countries and places just like a, a horde, like a swarm of just mm. so many people. Like uh, on the plagues of Egypt. Yes, like the locusts. Yeah, that's really, that's really in my mind at the moment. It's living rent free in my mind. So it would be equivalent today, if it was 11% of the population today, 869 million people. Uh, and I got the countries right. No, I didn't. Russia, Germany, US, Japan, and the UK combined. It's a lot mad. of people, what can I say? It's a lot of yes. people. Uh, so he destroyed, him and his army destroyed three-fourths of modern-day Iran's population during his war with the uh, Khwarizmid mm. Empire which there's a lot of information on that that I've got here, which we can move on to. So his military successes made Genghis Khan one of the most important conquerors of all time, which you can say he was an overachiever. <laughs> like the, the amount that he accomplished in relatively short time with his empire, is uh, the empire's around, I believe, for about 200 years before it sort of fractured off. Actually, I think it was about 100 years and it started splintering and then it, it sort of went completely. So they occupied... I believe it was the largest landmass of all time. It was uh, Central Asia, it was China. It, they started to go off into Europe, but they didn't make it over to Europe. But I did watch a video that said, would it have been good for Europe uh, if Genghis Khan had made his way more to the uh, West? Good for Europe how? Like, what was the point of that video? What well, were they saying? So he introduced quite a few things oh uh, yes well, let's not get onto that yet you're steamrolling way same, ahead it's the same paragraph oh, I don't you, care you do just do notes. a little pause let me just speak. have a breather let me speak I'm the professional talker one famous example of his meritocracy I'm joking came during a 1201 battle against the rival Taijit tribe when Genghis was nearly killed after his horse was shot out from under him with an arrow I'm pretty sure that is I've heard differently. 
I heard that he was shot. From who? Who do you hear it from? Genghis Khan? What are you talking about? Video. It's not in the notes, but um, he was shot in the neck with an arrow, but he lied and said he, his horse was shot in the neck because he didn't want to seem weak for having been hit. I would argue that getting shot in the neck with an arrow and surviving is the exact opposite of being weak. I think that is firstly metal as fuck. And yeah. secondly, how would you back in the 11th century? Right. The century things confuse me. Yeah. Because we're in the 21st century, but we're not in 2001. Because it starts from zero. What? What starts from zero? <laughs> so you have zero to 100 is the first I'll go century. zero to 100 in a minute. Okay. I'm joking. It um, makes sense in my head. It, but no, it doesn't. That doesn't make sense to me. But also, our timeline doesn't really. Our cal- what do we have? Do we have the Gregorian calendar? Is that what it's called? Don't make no sense to me, yeah. Because it was like Jesus. So Jesus was born zero, and that's the year two thousand and twenty-two. It ain't though, is it? It's the year like sixteen billion or something. Like four point five billion. Yeah, I don't understand why we went from like because. You know, in, in China, it must be, for the Chinese New Year, it must be a completely different year, right? Yes. Why are we stuck with the Jesus years when most people in England don't even believe in Jesus anymore? Well, well, people of the world do. I don't know about this country. Yeah, but most people in this country are now more like agnostic or atheist. We're not really a, that much of a Christian nation anymore. Like People are way more atheist. Nietzsche did it, aren't they? I may have this wrong, but... Didn't the days flow differently as well? In the Roman times, they had like five or six days in a week. So I've never heard that. The flow of time would have been even more different. Even, yeah, even more different. We're trying to educate people even more different. Just ignore the notes for a second, yeah? No, this, this, is, this isn't my notes. I'm freestyling. This is I know, where it all goes is, wrong. This is more interesting to me, yeah? Right, I don't know anything about that, but I do know that David Icke says in his book, The Biggest Secret, that the human body's circadian rhythm is closer to a 25-hour day, i.e. the amount of time the the, the hours are in a day on Mars, because he thinks that we're actually from Mars. I think we're from Mars, but not like people came from a spaceship. I think... Microbes. I think the, yeah, microbes... Bacteria. Hitchhiked off the uh, meteor or meteorite. Which meteor? God, that that killed it. the dinosaurs what? and made the chicks of love crater. <laughs> what? I think that a but piece what, of Mars much? broke off, crashed into the Earth, killed the dinosaurs and birthed the humans. How is that more more sensible than David Icke saying, no, right, what it was, yeah, is we actually lived on Mars first, but then there was some sort of nuclear apocalypse, cataclysm, whatever, and then we had to move uh, over to Earth. Yeah, maybe they had really, really advanced technology on Mars thousands of years ago and then they wiped themselves out. I quite like that idea. <laughs> you like that idea? Yeah. It's, it's, A whole civilization turned to red dust. Yeah, it's quite uh, cinematic, isn't it? It's quite. <laughs> You're just thinking like, of Fallout The Martian with the that Martian. bloke. Matt Damon. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was Mark Wahlberg. Who's Mark Wahlberg? Oh. No, we're not Matt educating Damon. anyone. Matt Damon is Matt Damon. Don't listen to a word we're saying. We're just talking rubbish. Is that offensive rubbish. now to be like Matt Damon? Because that's just from Team America. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't think so. I South Park, know. the creator of South Park, are never offensive. Are you being sarcastic? They're like Absolutely the most offensive not. writers out there. They're all right. They're but pretty good. Maybe that's why. Have you seen things like the door on Mars? The little door. Yeah. And oh, do you know what I really hate? Yeah, whenever interesting pictures come out 
about Mars and people look through them and go, oh my God, is that an alien? Is that a doorway? Is this an obelisk or a structure or whatever? The boffins always come out and say, well, that alien is actually the dust was swirling at a particular angle and the light caught it. You know, the little green yeah. figure on Mars. Uh, the light caught it and that's all that is. Oh, that um, that doorway cave thing is just a natural formation of the rock. It's a natural do door. You, like, people get so interested in this stuff when stuff like that gets in the news. So why are you boffins ruining it with your rationalism? I don't want to hear it. I want to hear about how there's a secret race of aliens inside Mars. It was quite interesting, I think, that the it was the Chinese rover that took a picture of the door. And then it's a lot of the American scientists saying that it's fake or, you know, not fake, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's a natural structure. China photoshopped it. Or like a trick of the light. They always say it's not, definitely not a trick of the light because it's definitely a doorway. Stop looking at your well, notes because we are going into this right now. The rover now. needs to go towards the door and open the door. And why can't it just go inside? Through the door. Just, why can't it just do that? Because there's... Yeah, there's like entrances to buildings and things that have been seen on Mars, which they say are like, have you you've seen the one where it's cut into like the side of a, a hill and it looks like an entryway that people that's, would walk that's into? That's what I'm talking no, about. No, no, I thought you were talking about there's like a, um, almost like a part of Stonehenge. People can't see this Mars. when they're listening. Stonehenge on Mars? Yeah. Why is Stonehenge on Mars? Stonehenge. You must have seen that Stonehenge one. Stonehenge is so it's, shit on this planet. It's like Why three is it on rocks, Mars? Like a door on Mars. Uh, is that on Mars or the moon? <laughs> same difference <laughs> this is really educational Mars it is Mars but there's there's structures on the moon and NASA tries to photoshop them but they use like the burn tool and stuff I've seen YouTube videos on like where people get like you know the um the pictures it's kind of like 4k plus of the moon when NASA releases them what every 20 years or so people will zoom into them and be like you can see here but they've used the burn tool to try to smudge out some clear structure not a natural formation on I don't care if it's kind of bullshit I love that stuff yeah right? I love that stuff that's so interesting I just love the idea of some big wig high up in NASA being like oh I'm gonna get the old photoshop tool out kind of people seeing there's buildings on the moon is there not a way to check if a photo has been doctored by looking at the metadata? I guess maybe there's things you can turn off to. Sorry, to check how would that. I know? I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. Why don't you do that? I'll do that. You know, when I you will just do re that. reverse image search. Just enhance, enhance the picture, undo all edits. You just see like Kylie Jenner on the moon or something. Kylie Jenner. <laughs> or just like a bustling metropolis utopia all up there on Mars. David Icke says that Mars, not Mars, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the moon. <laughs> David Icke says that the moon is um, some sort of, it's fake. It's hollow. <laughs> it's just not real. <laughs> and it's, it's like the frequencies coming down from the moon are helping us. It's a hologram or something. and But not an actual hologram, but kind of like a giant Death Star. <laughs> He's probably not said any of this. I think I am just making it up, but no one's going to double check. So everyone's he's probably watching me. this like, well, I didn't say that. <laughs> Did I say that? I said it was hollow and made of cheese. <laughs> it's got a secret city in the center. <laughs> Shall we get back on track before, I, we can before I end up in a lawsuit with David Icke? Look, so, I'm sorry, mate. The thing I wanted to mention next is uh, this is something that I thought was quite interesting because it's a similar thing to what Henry VIII did. And I see some parallels with Henry VIII and... Uh, Temujin slash Genghis Khan. So Genghis Khan, one of his earliest decrees as Khan, so he's Khan now, just get over it. We didn't explain how or why, but he's Khan. Khan. So he's the ruler. Uh, he's obviously dominated all these places and he's now the ruler. He uh, created a mounted courier service called the Yam, 
which is like a postal service. Uh, so we would have yams. Uh, I put here in the notes, what's the yams? And no one would know what that is because it's a Kendrick Lamar song. And it's, what's the yams? I think some people would know. I think yes. some people have heard of who Kendrick Lamar is, Callum. Maybe. It's quite underground. <laughs> so it's a series of organized post houses and way stations strung out across the whole empire. So a courier would go a certain distance and then stop and rest at the house and then go further up to 200 miles in the day. So it's like Death Stranding by Hideo Kojima. Yes, but better. I like that game. It's got Norman Reedus. This it's is you better. just go around like different parcels. It's just Postman Simulator and I love it. This is Fallout New Vegas because the, 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 the courier, who is a way stronger protagonist than what's his face in three and what's their face in four. Just saying. Do they have names in three and four? Or self inserts like your name, yeah. y, YN or whatever. The courier is more fleshed out and better. Fallout New I haven't Vegas. played that one. Oh, it's so you've played three and four and three, like they suck in comparison. It's literally apples and oranges. I don't really like oranges. I love apples. Thanks for that tidbit. Uh, I'm really this into, is the I'm, educational part. I'm really into pomegranate at the moment. If you must know, I love putting pomegranate on everything. You know, Brilliant. keeps you looking youthful. It's very healthy. Yeah, so this is basically Fallout New Vegas. Yes. This courier service. Yes, it is. But this is even better because the YAM wasn't just a postal service. It was also acting as a series of spies for the Khan. So this whole empire with posts and uh, points for collecting information and passing it to the Khan. That's crazy. And considering they had the biggest landmass uh, at the height of their empire... It's a lot of distance covered. It sounds a bit like Amazon Prime as well. Yes. It also says the service was used by Marco Polo, but I don't know anything about Marco Polo. Except Marco. Polo. Yeah. That's all I know. That's the exact... We're so in sync with our idiosity, honestly, because I read that same thing too. (laughs) And I thought, what the hell is Marco Polo actually famous for? Because I know him from the water game. I'm going to freestyle and say he invented the game Polo, as you said. No, I'm on about the water game. Polo water is different. polo. No, well, polo is played on horses. As you get the little sticks, it's like Which horse is on cricket. Horse, so. horse, yeah, horse cricket. But you can't do that in the water. What's water polo then? The, the water, no, it's not water polo. It's just Marco water Polo. Water polo is a it's thing. It's just called Marco Polo. Okay. Marco Polo, where you're at a swing pool and you close your eyes and say Marco Polo. We need to That's do it. an episode on Marco Polo. I don't reckon it was actually real. I think it's fake news. But we never said about... The bloke who shot him with an arrow. Oh, yes. Sorry. Because he imprisoned the Tiger after he defeated them. He imprisoned them. He demanded to know who did shoot him with the arrow. A soldier stood up and was like, I am Spartacus. No, he was like, I'm the shooter. Stirred by the archer's boldness, Genghis made him an officer in army and nicknamed him Jeb. <laughs> what, like Jeb Bush? <laughs> Do you remember Jeb Bush? Yes. What's he up to now? And, uh, yeah, irrelevant. Um, Jeb, Jebby or Arrow, in honour of their first meet on the battlefield, along with the famed general, Subutai Jebi... I can't even speak properly. I just no, that's right. No, yeah. but I was like, Subutai Jebi. Well, oh. Along with the famed general, Subutai... Je- along with the famed general, who was called Subutai, Jebi would go on to become one of the Mongols' greatest field commanders during their conquests in Asia and Europe. I like that he didn't hold it against them. I heard... I think you mentioned it. He appreciated the honesty. He... He knew that if he spoke up, he could be killed by Genghis Khan, yet he did it anyway and said it was me. And I think Genghis... There's a running thread in this where Genghis Khan 
chooses loyalty over betrayal and he appreciates he values certain characteristics in the soldiers and things yes i find it interesting because you know you've just been shot at by this person who's on this opposing tribe or army so they have their own belief set and system so then to employ that person as it were genghis khan was not an ideologue mm. he, maybe he didn't believe in ideology he wasn't an ideologue ideology that, like that's in my head rent free as well no i just find that in, interesting because that is very much being the bigger person there have been like well you oh, shot me but recognizing that maybe we come from two different backgrounds and you have your beliefs and that's why da, da, da. i'm saying that genghis khan could have ended racism well <laughs> maybe not but I'm let's joking, let's be completely real he saw a good soldier and he didn't want to let the good soldier go mm. he wanted that soldier in his army which he did quite a lot in the beginning uh, he turned a lot of enemies into friends, as it were. I would say then he doesn't colleagues. have... Because um, some people would just put that person to death or that mm. tribe to death or whatever. Uh, He's not completely virtuous. There's been times... No, and it's not virtue, I, but I think it's a lack of pride because pride is what would make you be like, nope, you're all getting hung. Well, there was one time, might as well mention it now, the Quarismid empire offended genghis khan by beheading his messenger and looting his trade caravan so genghis khan sent a uh i don't know how you'd explain it a a, tra a trade caravan he sent basically links to go trade with the quarismid empire uh to make them trade partners uh, genghis khan saw uh the trade ties by sending a 500 man caravan laden with trade goods anil chuk was a uh, was the uncle of the Shah, Muhammad II, and governor of Otra, which is the, the city they were in. In order to execute the majority of the caravan, and after the attack, he refused to make reparations to Genghis Khan for looting the caravans and uh, loss of goods. In response, Genghis Khan sent three ambassadors to meet with the Shah to explain the trade intent. And basically, this thing had happened. He wanted to explain his position and say, look, I want to trade with you. I want to do business. So he didn't go straight away to go burn the city down. He sent three ambassadors and Inilchuk killed one of the ambassadors and shaved the beards off the other two, uh, which apparently was massively insulting to Genghis Khan. Mm. So it led to a huge Mongol invasion of 200,000 men and the civilian population were decimated with as many as 90% killed although skilled workers were sent back to Mongolia. It's kind of bang out of order to just kill an ambassador, an ambassador though. Like generally, you're not really allowed to do that. Like, um, don't kill me, I'm just, don't hurt don't me. I'm just shoot a, don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger, right? So it's quite insulting. But then to go around and <laughs> kill all the civilians. Well, so bearing in mind the Quarismid Empire could have had trade relations with Mongolia and Genghis Khan, uh, instead, instead, the uh, empire got sacked by uh, the army. Uh, the what does that Genghis mean when army the empire gets sacked? Just got completely destroyed. Uh, but the last city, Urgench, was the, the last city in the sort of line of destroyed cities in the Quarismid Empire. And the battle there lasted six months. Just, just this one city. And that's because the city was heavily fortified, as you'd expect from the last sort of location of an empire. It would have all of the defensive things because they only have one place to defend. Mm. Uh, but the residents and the army and things there were using guerrilla tactics. So all the different houses around the city, they were uh, attacking from there. So in the end, Genghis Khan and his generals just got so sick of uh, that, they took drastic action. They, were dis they killed every civilian they found because they could have been obviously 
being used for guerrilla tactics. But they also diverted, a, they destroyed a dam to divert and flood what was left of the city. Hmm. So they just destroyed the whole city in, in one swoop after about six months just by flooding it completely and killed any remaining civilian or soldier, uh, civilian or soldier that was alive with no exceptions. So he was that mad and pissed off that he just said, just kill them all, destroy the whole city and therefore empire. I feel like back then breaking dams to flood cities and kill people was maybe more normal than we thought. And I only say that because I read a fantasy book recently where it, like the climax of it very much was this person built this dam, had it build up after years and years and years with the sole purpose of flooding to kill a dragon. But the writer of this story is very into medieval Lords of the Rings, yeah. like you know, whatnot. So I'm assuming it's based off of actual real life examples of it happening. Well, it's not the first time, uh, sorry, it's not the, the last time in uh, Genghis Khan's story that it happened. We'll cover that at the end. Because what, more it, floodings, more dam breaking. Yeah. Yeah, because you would have kind of rudimentary. It's a good way to destroy a, a whole city. And it would be easy because what, what materials are knocking around back then? Oh, wood, it would have been stone. wood, stone, yeah. That's it. You could just kick it over. Like a little, little tiny twig holding up the dam, yeah. just kick it over like in a cartoon. It all like comes crashing down. A beaver will just take a, a twig out of the dam. It will just knock the whole thing I've over. I've seen that happen in like Looney Tunes. Yeah, I've seen it with my own eyes in that cartoon. <laughs> uh, so with his... So we mentioned that he takes soldiers and civilians and people that he thinks will be useful to his empire and assimilates them into his Mongolia. Mm. He was also interested in philosophies of other cultures. He studied at length Islam, Buddhism, Taoism and Christianity. I th think maybe this was, he may have been genuinely interested in different religions. I think maybe it was so he could have better trading terms and also have almost the upper hand on his enemies because mm -hmm. he'll know sort of what they won't do and what they will do. That seems to me more like something he would do since he was so, uh, such an overachiever at war. Um, so he attempted to befriend Persia and he sent a Muslim emissary, mm -hmm. which is probably unusual for a empire that's not Muslim. Mm -hmm. He granted Mongolian places of worship, uh, worship tax exemptions and religious freedoms. Mm. So it's quite progressive, quite liberal for the time. That's literally, I wrote that in mm. my notes too. I wrote, oh my God, so progressive. We love a liberal king. Love wow. that for him. So progressive. murderer. I think... He, Mass murderer. Yeah, because I think the right to religious freedom is actually quite important. And I'm not religious. I'm, agno I'm agnostic. Um, so I was thinking about this re recently because you know like a lot of atheists like to bang on about because there are elements of religion that certainly are harmful and then there are elements that people I think are using to be harmful on purpose yeah. right and maybe if they didn't have religion they would just use some other form of prejudice to, I'm talking about homophobia within you know like well, a lot of religions or whatnot right yeah um, but to be like, because you know, I hear a lot of atheists be like, "Yeah, I want to ban religion," and it and mm, it's it's a bigger argument to ha to have about freedom because you can't try to create more freedom, freedom from religion by impacting other people's freedom to worship that religion should they choose to. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yes. So I don't really have an issue with people being religious. Just don't do, use it as an excuse to. Hurt people, don't use that as an excuse to exert prejudice, right? Other than that, if it's just about you and 
you wanting to go one on one with some sort of creator that you believe in, but who the hell am I to be like, no, you can't believe in what value system makes sense to you. Just believe what you want. Yeah. Um, it's... That's why I believe in reptilians. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. I, mean, I do believe that they exist somewhere. The universe is infinite. And if it is infinite, if it truly is infinite, then that means everything that can happen will happen and has happened. They're on Mars. They're not... in Mars. Inside the core. Inside the hollow Mars, hollow Mars. Do you know there's a hollow Earth theory? Yes. Yeah, I used to believe it when I was like 16. I know. Have I told you about that? Yes, it yeah. is actually mad. It's like, it's like. Surely it'd are... be something you could easily test. No, because the entry points are in the North Pole, obviously. And... Obviously. Yeah, obviously. And Ooh. it's guarded by um, the reptilians who live inside because within our hollow Earth, um, there's kind of, did you see that? king kong film where they go inside the earth and then it's kind of almost gravity sort of not gravity's flipped but yeah i can't remember when i saw that but yeah they they go and it kind of when yeah, you go you... to the different pole it switches things around yeah and you can see basically the other side of the of the inside of the hollow earth you can see it if you look up or whatever yeah right that's going on in our earth but there's a mini sun in the middle and then the reptilians all live like on the inner crust right there is a molten core, so it could be like a sun. Prove me wrong is all I'm saying. Get I mean, a little exposition. A hotter, get a little exposition team, right, to the North Pole and prove me wrong that there's... No, you get an the... exposition team. I ain't got the money. Or a YouTube channel, go do a video. <laughs> Going to the core of the earth. I'll get banned. Yes, maybe. No, so... I don't really believe that now. I just believed it when I was 16 or 17 because it was interesting and it was just a bit different, you know? Yeah. So one thing I was going to mention is... I didn't put it in my notes, so I might butcher it. Um, I do know a bit about Henry VIII, but there's some parallels, I think, with that and Henry VIII separating the church and state, which he obviously wanted to do that because he was angry at um, Catholicism. Yes. It was either that or the Protestants. Or uh, didn't he create no, he founded he create... Protestantism because yes. he wanted to divorce his wife and they wouldn't let him. And then he separated church and state. But that, uh, I think ultimately separating church and state was good for the country that's why i would say that we're not really a religious country anymore yeah because there is i believe in that i believe in separation of church and state 100 percent. where you didn't religion, have the religion shouldn't, setting the rules and things like that yeah religion should have nothing to do with governing the land are you joking it should just be something that you do in your private time between you and the big people upstairs yeah so the reason i mentioned that is because obviously genghis khan seemed to be quite open to religion and he didn't have this thing of I am this religion and everyone else must be too. And mm. so, but I, I did also see from another source, I say source, like someone's telling me all these things that happened a thousand years ago, uh, that he didn't allow his followers to follow religious traditions, such as I think they mentioned not eating beef if you're Muslim, mm -hmm. which I think they are allowed to, but he wouldn't allow them to eat sheep or something along those lines. So I don't know why that would be. If he was studying all these religions and then didn't allow his followers to follow those religions openly, as I say, that was there was more places saying that he was religiously open than there was saying that he was restricting people. Was he a dictator? From what I've read, yes, because you don't get an empire like that mm. without dictating to people. But he... The way he acted, he was bloodthirsty to the people he came across, but the people in his army, he was probably not benevolent. Uh, benevolent, that is the word, isn't it? Don't ask me. I have trouble not speaking. Not a, a graceful ruler. I think he would have been a bit fairer than someone like 
don't know, Pol Pot or Stalin or something, even though he did kill twice the amount of people that Stalin did, and bearing in mind it was a thousand years ago. So that's not adjusted for the number of people. That is, he killed 40 million people, estimated, and Stalin killed 20 million. Mm. So mm, not great. So mm. we can qualify him. Maybe oh. we can qualify him as a dictator. Yes, then I, I, think I would that say would so. be maybe a typical dictatory thing to do. Yeah, with the with the religious aspect anyway. Yeah, well, a dictator would probably say no religion. Yeah, because religion would cause people to have beliefs outside of the system and outside of their ruler. Mm. We mentioned about him capturing soldiers to join his army. I put a note in here which you're absolutely not going to appreciate and you'll probably cut this section, but he reminds me of Big Boss in Metal Gear Solid, especially Metal Gear Solid oh, 5, because sake. he would recruit enemy soldiers. Uh, he would defeat enemies and then take them back to base. He would interrogate them, but then become friends with them and let them join his army. Is this what you're going to do every episode? You're going to find some way to bring it back to Metal Gear Solid? No. You're gonna you absolutely going to do this. Who is Big Boss? I don't I don't know who that is. I don't care. He is one of the main characters. You should like Metal Gear Solid because it's uh I tried what to Death play Stranding it. I played was. one I played the one where you start on a ship and then you have to sneak around. I don't sneak around, I'm a kamikaze type of girl. Right. Okay. I like to just like charge in there and cause a ruckus. Okay. I'm not playing I would play the one where he eats the snakes. If that is Snake Eater. Is that the one where it's like but is that the main gameplay? That's just going around. Is, but is that what you do? Just go around eating snakes? Because I'd play that no. one. Oh, you rarely <laughs> eating snakes is like a way to recover health. That's you do it if That's you want to recover I health. I like. I like. You can shoot like... frogs and eat them, which you probably won't like as a vegan. You shouldn't. You shouldn't want to eat <laughs> snakes. <laughs> I just like to live vicariously through video game characters. But that one's really good because it's set in the Cold War and it's that Cold War mystery hysteria about it. And I like stuff like great. um. I like in Red Dead Redemption where you should go around and you can just camp. I like that kind of ultra realism in some of my games. You can do that in Final Fantasy 15 as well. Just going, I'll just go camp and drive around in a car. I could do that in real life, but where is the fun in that? Outside, no. it's horrible. There's always other people around. And now it's really hot off. at the minute. It's really hot. It's disgusting. There's wasps. I went to the French countryside in like, when was it? May. And there was just there was so many wasps everywhere. That's grim. <laughs> That's what I get for ever leaving England. Yeah. They need to get a grip with their wasp problem. We haven't spoken about my favourite character in this story, which is probably a bit weird to have a favourite character for like a murderous dictator. This is Lord of the Rings. This is history. Well, you might agree. Jamuka was a oh, yeah, childhood friend of Genghis Khan. Brilliant. <laughs> this should be in your notes. So <laughs> I think on, you mentioned on. him earlier. No, I didn't. Anyway, Jamuka was a childhood friend of Genghis Khan. They were blood brothers, so united by blood. However... Were they actually, as in genetically? No, blood... Blood Brothers is like where you make a pact and you, you cut your hand and then yeah, like we are Blood Brothers. I yeah, think that I read about is, that in a vampire book. I think that is true. Some of the comments, or the comments are going to be like this. This is wrong. You are wrong about this. Mel Gibson. I can't sucks. wait. Maybe I'll just disable the comments and like, make people like, really mad. This is anti-education. I think that's just filling people's heads with rubbish. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? But Jamuka was childhood friends. What could possibly go wrong? Best friends grew up together. Obviously, one's a tyrant. What would happen to the other one? So Genghis Khan's wife was captured. Jamuka was there to help his friend recover and bring her back to safety. However, after this, don't know what happened, but after this, their friendship began to, began to sour. Uh, may have been that there was a bit of jealousy maybe about Genghis Khan's wife uh, or maybe Genghis Khan didn't want to be seen as weak because his wife had been kidnapped, whatever. So they split and became enemies 
So imagine having Genghis Khan as your enemy. Like best friend and then enemy. I'd That's, leave the country. Uh, well, I'd leave the the world. To go You'll to Mars. find out. You will find out because I'm going to do what he did to Jamuka. That's yeah. you. So there's a lot of bad blood there. Blood brothers, bad blood. He executed some of Genghis Khan's followers and lost a lot of Mongol support, which just doesn't seem like a good idea anyway. In 1204, Jamuka tried again to defeat his old friend in battle and assume the Mongol universal throne. So that's like very Game of Thrones, isn't it? I want to be the ruler of Mongolia. And he was defeated. So uh, he joined forces with Ong Khan, who was an ally and then opponent of Genghis Khan, which seems to be a running theme, doesn't it? Who Genghis Khan. befriend him and then yeah, and turn to enemies. Maybe, yeah. maybe the problem is Genghis Khan then, because if everywhere smells of shit, check your own shoe. Yes. Yeah. We've all we've all got that that friend who's always in constant drama. Yeah, Genghis. If you if you if I am that friend basically, <laughs> Genghis Khan sounds like me. She's always falling out with everyone, <laughs> and you know, murdering millions of people. Yeah, standard Saturday similarities. For me. So, Jamuka and On Khan joined together to defeat Genghis Khan. No, sorry, I messed that up. <laughs> you just I put, is this alternate facts? No, I, yes, because I put he joined forces with On Khan, so I'm, now I'm not actually sure if it was Genghis Khan that joined or Jamuka. That's a schoolboy error. This video is actually genuine misinformation. So We're someone joined forces. Uh, so the point of the story is that Jamuka had been defeated by Genghis Khan. So Genghis Khan. Uh, no, the followers of Jamuka. Sorry. This is getting confusing. There's way too many characters. Uh, one out of ten, this, this story. So Jamuka's followers betrayed Jamuka in order to hand uh, them over to Genghis Khan to get a reward. Mm -hmm. But Genghis Khan did not appreciate betrayal. He, the disloyalty, Yes, sure. disloyalty. Yeah. So he had all of those people executed. What and legend. he went to Jamuka with an offer that they can be friends again. Mm -hmm. Jamuka said, no, kill me. Uh, I don't know if we could say that. Unalive me. You can say that. God. So Jamuka basically asked for a noble death, which in, uh, in the Mongolian system back then, a death without blood drawing or bloodletting is a noble death. So I guess like strangulation or poison. Mm. So actually the person that killed his father was actually doing it in quite a noble way. Anyway. Uh, the final recorded words were that there could only be one emperor at one time. So Jamuka wanted to be emperor really bad. He wouldn't settle for anything else except emperor or death. So Genghis Khan just granted him the noble death. I guess it was strangulation or something like that. Why did that a sound like Highlander? There can only be one. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a bit extreme, wasn't it? But I guess back then it was. you knew that if if you didn't become ruler, it's probably not much of a good life for you. But I looked at the movie. I thought I'd make a really good movie or story, the betrayal and the friendship aspect. Mm. But there's only been two movies, I think, that cover that aspect. And mm. in one of them, Jamuka uh, was an enemy the whole time. So that doesn't... Uh, you basically took out one of the accurate. best bits about the story. Just mm. yeah. So what a good uh, movie or, or game that would be. I feel like that is so consistent with Genghis's character and his mode of ethics that he killed the betrayers. Yeah. How dare you not have loyalty? That's great, to... isn't it? I I rate I really rate that. Is that wrong that I really rate that of him? Let's shelve the forty million people that tragically passed away during the let's just like compartmentalize that, put just that in a little box, put it in a box, lock it, throw away the key for a second. 
Uh, I really rate that he did that. I like to think that if I was a um, dictator, I'd pull some stuff like that. Yes. Like, oh, what, you want to sell out my mortal enemy? That's great. I'm not going to say stuff. <laughs> Bloody YouTube. Um, no, decent. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things like that. He did actually show some uh, like morals or some sort of logical thinking, but then he just killed a load of people. Well, he so did it's like have... join us. He had a very join us or die attitude, but if you were in his army, then it probably wasn't too bad. He did have a moral, ethical and logical code. Every single human has a code of logic that makes sense to them, whether it makes sense objectively is a different matter entirely. But he clearly had some ethical code. It just wouldn't really... I'd say it wouldn't really wash in the 21st century, but what have we seen in the last 100 years? Pol Pot, Mao's great leap forward, Stalin, Mussolini? Yeah. Yep, Hitler. Who else? Saddam Hussein. Who else? All these geezers in the past 100 years. Ida, I mean... I saw a documentary about that guy. Very interesting. And horrible, yeah. All yeah. of these people. We're going to do episodes on all of them, I think, except one who's everyone knows about anyway. Are you calling Hitler overrated? No, I'm saying no one wants to hear about him, I don't think. Well, yeah, because there'd, there'd be nothing new that we could add to that conversation no. about Hitler. But I don't know that much about, well, I know a little bit about Mao and his chairman Mao. I know yeah. a little bit. I know a little bit about Pol Pot. Ad, was it Admin Amin? Edi Amin. I saw it. I watched a documentary on him and I thought, that is really interesting. He's a butcher. Yeah. Yes. So we will definitely have to. We're just going to go That's through all morbid. the great dictator. Yeah. Great is a very like, well, wrong word. You know, you know what I mean? Like as in Voldemort, like terrible, but great. You know, that kind of. Well, if you use great in the context uh, or in the way that they used to use great, where it meant like large or effective or big because that's what i, they meant. I don't mean Genghis yeah, Khan well, a great good. conqueror yeah but it's not like oh he's a great guy it's more like he conquered many many places mm. and did a lot of things uh and his kind of bloodline uh was very successful at what they did so his grandson Kublai khan conquered uh china and established the yuan uh, dynasty the what? The Yuan? Y Yuan. I thought you were saying UN, funny then. No, <laughs> the UN the dynasty. UN, really? Wow. <laughs> the NATO dynasty. Uh, so after the collapse of the Yuan, the Mongols retreated to Mongolia and resumed their earlier pattern of factional conflict. So that's when the sort of era of the uh, Genghis Khan and uh, his descendants kind of ended because it was then all the factions fighting each other, which is the situation that Mongolia was in before Genghis Khan was born. Mm. Uh, there was also... One of his sons, which I mentioned earlier, Ogude, uh, carried on. So, and then some quick fire facts, uh, which obviously... Ah, no, we didn't mention his death. We have to mention his death. So No Gen one knows. Genghis Khan died. They don't know what he died of. It may have been a horse accident, uh, which seems to happen quite a lot back then. Anyway. Well, horse, no, well, horses are dangerous, man. They're yeah. huge. Have you ever had a horse, like, stomp on you? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And obviously, Henry VIII no, genuine fell question. off his it horse rhetorical. And, and that kind of changed his mindset. But Genghis Khan died, uh, very sad. And then he was buried. RIP to a real one. He was buried, Jagan. but they buried him in an unknown location. There were 30,000 people in the burial party, and most of those people were executed to stop the location of the grave being uh, let out. Uh, so including the people that were burying him, most of the people were killed and the remaining people broke a dam or flooded the area of the grave to hide the grave. So it happened again, but to bury uh, Genghis Khan. So no one kn knew where he was. But why did, why? Why did they want no one to know? 
because he was this great ruler, uh, quote unquote, and he was like a deity to them. Uh, they th they called him the Emperor of the Blue Sky, I think it was, and he was obviously when he was born, he was uh, predicted to become a deity. Hmm. So it's obviously a lot more mytholo mythological back then, and people had a lot more crazy beliefs. A lot more crazy beliefs. How dare you? Oh yeah, they believed he was like a deity, and a blood clot meant he was going to be a great leader. Although, obviously, he was a great leader. So whether the blood clot thing was made up afterwards, mm. who knows? Uh, and then Mongolia is a landlocked country in East Asia, uh, bordered by Russia to the north and China to the south. It's six hundred three thousand square miles. Now, the interesting part is it's got a population of three point three million, which makes it the world's most sparsely populated sovereign nation. It's also the world's most, uh, the world's largest landlocked country that does not border a closed sea. Uh, Eight percent of men from Asia are his descendants, which we didn't mention. That's obviously a well-known fact about Genghis Khan. Mm. Uh, a lot of uh, the Mongol lineage is quite spread out within Asia because Genghis Khan would literally go to so many places and mm. father an unknown number of daughters mm. and obviously his sons. Uh, Genghis Khan was featured in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell <laughs> we're getting you, to the why end did now. You put that in there because it's brilliant. Uh, he was all right in there. He was decent in that. Do you think? Right, he was all right. Al Leon, who was in They Live. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China and Die Hard. They Live, great film. Mm -hmm. Totally recommend it. It's about the reptilians. Yes. Also, Slavoj Žižek. Slavoj Žižek, I should say. He loves the film They Live. He thinks it is a perfect ideology. Yes. That's it. Did we learn stuff today? I think people will unlearn things if they listen to this. I think we've subtracted IQ points from I people's I think we muddied the water of intelligence. I think we a have. Little. I think we're going to have professors writing to us to beg us to stop be, and not do this again. There's going to be a Genghis Khan expert out there somewhere that's just Furiously probably having a heart attack. typing away in the comment section right now as we speak. You're going to get a comment that's like 5,000 words. Yeah. So right. actually. Actually. Anyone that starts a comment with actually, I'm going to ban the word actually from all idea. my comment sections. Actually. Good idea. That's it. All right, weren't it? Went too hard. Anything to add? I feel like I did a lot of the talking, probably because I have the biggest screen. <sighs> oh, it's just because I can't read, you know, I can't read. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, you did fine. So it's probably quite controversial, but what Don't a mad say. lad. Oh, my God, what? What a mad lad. What an absolute overachiever. Not a great guy, but he achieved a lot. Uh, yeah, absolutely mad lad, for sure. I thought you were going to turn around and be like, do you know what? He had a point. No, he was decent no. actually. No, he just sort of wanted land and a big nation, didn't he? Yeah, one well, no, like he really did it. So that's all for this first episode of us trying to do history and things. Um, like this is worse than GCSE history. This is like that's not that bad. Yeah, it's like sat level. You know, like what you do in year six. It's Wasn't like that the sat? Nursery. No, that's year nine. Nursery this level. This is like sat level yeah. of education. But thank you so yeah, much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Let us know if you want more of this. We've got a list of about 100 different famous people and we're just going to um, undignify their legacy by talking about them. And that's all. Thank you. That's, that's what you're going to say? You're going to say goodbye? See you next time. Yeah. See you guys next time. Bye.